This is Women's Leadership Success, number 107. In this globally interconnected and changing world, where the alpha or hero leadership often dominates, it's empowering to know that quietly powerful women leaders, who are often overlooked and taken advantage of, have immense value to contribute to organizations. But how do we encourage more quiet, powerful professional women to shift their beliefs about leadership and view their quiet nature as a strength to be a great leader while staying authentic to themselves? And now that most of us are working from home because of the pandemic, how can quietly powerful leaders still thrive in virtual meetings and sessions? In this episode, we want to encourage organizations to expand their beliefs about what effective leadership looks like and how this can benefit their bottom line. Welcome to Women's Leadership Podcast, showing you how to influence people, improve your performance, and advance your career. Brought to you by women's leadership and career expert Sabrina Brom and womensleadershipsuccess.com. Here's your chance to meet women trendsetters leading the way to success, accomplishment, and balance in business and life, no matter if you're a manager, CEO, or entrepreneur. Join Sabrina for coaching and no-nonsense advice to improve your career and bottom line. Hello, this is Sabrina Braun with Women's Leadership Success. Today, I have the great pleasure of introducing you to Megumi Miki, who wrote the wonderful book, Quietly Powerful. And she's a speaker, a consultant. She uh, talks on leadership, culture, diversity, and inclusion, and has a background in strategy, economics, and finance. Welcome, Megumi. Thank you, Sabrina. Lovely to be here. It's so wonderful to have you. I met you um, in February in Melbourne, and um, you have a great reputation in Australia as being quite a wonderful speaker and somebody who's very thoughtful. So I'm excited to have you on our show today. Thank you. Um, so quietly powerful. The book is so interesting. Um, you do think of people in power as being outgoing or even sometimes egotistical or kind of out there. And this, so this is a really different perspective um, and I wonder if you could tell us a little bit about how you discovered being quiet was seen as a, a detriment to leadership and what you've done with that. Sure. So I suppose there's a personal experience and then there's also the stories that I heard from colleagues and people that I know. So personally, I've, I've always been a quieter person and I found it quite challenging to be heard but also uh, I found that in my earlier in my career when I was a management consultant, it was really challenging to look like I was confident just because I was thinking about things. People assumed that I'm not confident or I didn't know something. And so I, was, I felt misunderstood in many ways. And so I, I felt there was some challenges around that. And uh, you probably know management consultants, they're supposed to look like they know something. And so, <laughs> so it was a real challenge to, I felt like I had to fake it. And I, I, I think I did fake it. And, um, and it was just exhausting. I burnt out. So that's personally. But then also with some colleagues, there was a particular situation where I found a colleague of mine who was in a large organisation 
who I really admired. She was one of those um, senior managers who supported a number of general managers plus a whole senior leadership group of about 100, 120. And I think she might have been called a transformation manager or something like that. And she was managing this transformation of this large team of 120 plus. So these are the managers. Obviously, the organisation was bigger. And she was so influential in her very quiet way. She would just um, gather people around and, you know, get them on side and and manage to get through this transformation. And so I really admired how she went about it. Unfortunately, when she went to this leadership assessment centre, which about 200 of them at their level went through, Mm -hmm. she came out of it being told that she doesn't, she didn't have leadership potential. Oh my goodness. And she was in tears and I just saw it, thought, what on earth happened there? And I just thought, and I heard about some of the things that they did in the assessment centre and I just thought, well, no wonder because it's all about that group interaction and fast thinking and presentation and all of those. And you cannot measure what she was able to do in three months to a year in a one-day assessment centre. And I just thought that is such a waste of talent. So I just, yeah, through many stories like that I heard and I just thought, wow, that's a real waste. Do you think this is a um, a problem for mostly women or is it men and women equally? How do you? I, I think men are challenged as well. I, I wouldn't say equally necessarily, but there's also um, gender gaps, but also cultural differences and there's all sorts of other things that in, get in, incorporated into this. Um, but I have come across men. Uh, in fact, when I first started this whole movement about um, in 2016, I started off with just speaking with women and then men came up to me hearing about the idea and they said, well, what about me? Uh-huh. <laughs> so I started talking to men and they said it's just as hard. And, in fact, some men said because they don't have that masculine persona, if you like, they were they felt like they were disadvantaged as a result of that. So it's it is quite challenging for men also. So how does this impact business to have all of this talent unrecognized? Mm. So I suppose through my research I found some quietly powerful leaders who are absolutely incredible leaders. If I was working in an organization, I would love to work for them rather than some of the other managers and leaders that I've seen. And so I just thought if some of these quieter professionals can tap into that leadership strength, which is a quieter approach, that would benefit organisations hugely. So um, organisations, and and particularly um, in the diversity field, they often talk about quiet achievers and how we need to really um, support them and help them to come out of their shells and things like that. I think it's not quite the right idea because... Mm -hmm. It's not just about quiet achievers who do the work. What I'm talking about is quieter leaders who lead in a different way but very effective way. Uh Can you um, tell us more about what a leader would look like that is a quiet leader? So it's um, it, it'll vary a little bit, but in, on the whole, what I saw of the leaders that I interviewed for the book, one is that they're very understated, so they're not in your face. They don't sort of go out and, you know, they're not, not in the public all the time unless they have to. Um, but uh, what I found were some uh, very humble and very purpose-driven leaders. And I talk about the three attributes in the book 
uh, that I really saw come through in these leaders. And the first one is around uh, the fact that they're very comfortable in their own skins. Mm -hmm. So because they're comfortable, they are happy to share their strengths and weaknesses and they're happy to be vulnerable. Um, in fact, even in the interviews, one of them I remember, he was a CIO, so a very senior person in a, 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 an organisation. Mm-hmm. We started this video interview and it is, it's all recorded. And, um, and the very first thing he, that came out is, of his mouth was he said, oh, Makumi, I'm really anxious about this interview because I don't normally talk about myself. And that was all recorded and he was quite happy to say he was ha- he was comfortable enough to share his discomfort, if that makes sense. Yes. So that, that's the kind of leader uh, or leaders that I interviewed and many of them shared their weaknesses and what they typically do because of that is that they're humble and they admit that they don't know everything, which means that they will gather people around them who know something that they don't know. They're inclusive. They are um, very much of the view that it's a collective effort, not them as the centre of power or centre of control. Um, and so that's that's that comfort. The, the second thing is that they are very present as a result because they're comfortable in themselves. They don't have to worry about how they look or how they're coming across. They're just present with people. So they, I found that they're, they're definitely with me, but also when they're interacting with others, they talked about relationships that they developed, which were very deep. So they would be connected with their people for decades, not just a transactional kind of relationship. So to me, that shows that they're very present with people. And that presence leads to great listening, that ability to really tap into understanding people. Um, so, so they're the sorts of things that come out of presence. And then the final thing is about being purposeful. So because often they don't like being the centre of attention, and, in fact, some of them said that they were quite reluctant to become a, a senior leader and they were tapped on the shoulder and said, you know, have a go. And the only reason why they stepped up was because they sensed a sense of purpose that was greater than themselves and they felt they could contribute to that. So that's not about them wanting the control or the power. It's more that, okay, I think I can contribute here. Let's let's have a go, which is quite different, I think, compared to the power that you talked about at the beginning, which is about powering over and controlling. Yeah, that makes a that. It's just wonderful. And what I'm hearing is there's a difference between being quiet or quietly powerful. Mm-hmm. Can you talk about that a little bit? Sure. So what I find some quiet people uh, talk about is that they just make, uh, they, they just say that they're quieter and they say they can't do things because of that. So in some ways, they're not just quiet, they're quietly disempowered themselves. And um, sometimes people can be misunderstood as a result as well. Um, It might be that they're not aware of the impact that they have on other people when they are being quiet. And I I certainly was like that when I was, um, uh, I I still remember when I was facilitating with some other colleagues who were very, very gregarious and entertaining and they were were, uh, having a great workshop. I was sitting and waiting for my part. And uh, one day I got some feedback saying, oh, Megumi, when she wasn't standing up and facilitating, she was disengaged, which was not true. It's just that I was engaged, I was listening, I was trying to think about what else I can add, um, but just I must have looked blank and partly to do with my Japanese face, but, you know, it's just <laughs> I, I got misunderstood. Uh-huh. And I'm sure there have been other cases 
you know, whether it's workshops or meetings or different situations where I might have been in deep thought and people thought I'm disengaged, disinterested. And so so there's that lack of awareness can um, uh, can can lead to being disempowered. And um, since then I've had to work on my facial expressions while I'm silent and, you know, I've worked on it and that's uh, helped a bit as well. Um, but also sometimes we can disempower ourselves when we're quiet. We just make excuses and say, well, you know, they won't listen to me anyway, so we don't say something. Uh-huh. Or we might say, this is in our heads, we might say to ourselves, uh, I, I just can't get in so I won't even try because nobody's going to let me in anyway or they'll just interrupt anyway. Or or you might even have these doubts about, oh, I don't think my idea is any good or my ideas might be, um, or maybe sometimes people say, oh, my idea's already been expressed. So they just hold back. Mm-hmm. And so that can be quite disempowering. So just simply being quiet is not necessarily quietly powerful in my view. Um, quietly powerful leaders, on the other hand, they use that quiet nature as uh, quite much more deliberately, if you like. And so they will stay quiet if it's useful to do so versus um, they will say what they need to say when they need when it's useful. So it's it's quite different. Did you know you can change your leadership tra- trajectory just by understanding your talents and what areas you need to improve? Would you like an easy way to find out where you are in your leadership and career development? Well, here's how you can. I've designed a simple four-minute career and leadership quiz that will help you. And as one of my listeners, you can get it for free. Just Go to careerdevelopmentquiz.com, and once you are there, complete the confidential quiz. You'll get your score and suggestions immediately. Plus, you may even qualify for a free coaching session. So just go to careerdevelopmentquiz.com and fill out the quiz. So how does one move from being quiet to becoming quietly powerful? Yeah, it's quite a, a process of awareness building uh, but the framework that I share is around um, uh, firstly appreciating yourself fully and then secondly adapting purposefully. That's the framework I, sh- I share in the book as well as the programs that I run. And uh, and essentially I, I walk through the steps in that in, uh, in the programs I run. And appreciating fully, I, I must say, it's not just about Uh, appreciating your strengths and playing to your strengths, which often people get told to do. Um, I I think if you only appreciated your strengths, you're you're not appreciating some other aspects of yourself, so you're putting yourself down. So Mm -hmm. I do work with people on appreciating both what we believe to be our strengths and, and weaknesses because sometimes we label certain things as weaknesses, but they're not necessarily. So um, I do work on reframing some of those ideas about ourselves, and um, that that seems to really help people to uh, appreciate all of themselves rather than just bits of themselves. And so that's definitely helpful. Um, Also working with some of those inner critics and inner voices, um, all of those sorts of um, processes help people to fully appreciate themselves um, and and use that what they have rather than thinking that they have to fix themselves. So so that's part one. And then the second part is adapting purposefully. I do believe that if you just appreciated yourself and said, oh, well, this is me, this is who I am and take it or leave it, you tend to limit yourself because you don't stretch outside your comfort zone to try different things or adapt yourself to the situation. 
Um, so I, I'd say if you feel that the situation or the role that you're playing requires you to adapt and you feel that's important to do, if you feel it's important to do, mm-hmm. then that is a purposeful approach to adaptation, which is really useful rather than um, I know some quiet people, they get told to go to training. They get told to go to, oh, we should go to assertiveness training or, you know, a, a presentation training and things like that. And um, when people get told to do it, it's not very purposeful. It's like, oh, well, I'll do it because I should, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, as opposed to people who say, well, I know that as a senior leader I need to be in front of groups, so I'm going to. And, and many of these quietly powerful leaders told me that they did. They put themselves through different types of training to get better at it. And so that to me is adapting purposefully. And so you, by adapting purposefully, you add to what you already have rather than trying to fix what you think is a deficit. That's beautiful. I love that. You know, with the COVID virus going on, a lot of my clients are working from home. Mm. And if you're a quietly powerful person, how can you manage perceptions in meetings how can you speak up more do you have suggestions for um how somebody that is more quiet can do that Mm. yeah i I actually just um recently created a little video on that because i thought that would be a, a, a a useful thing right now but um one of the things Let me just ask you, is that something that my audience could watch? Um, Absolutely, yeah. No, I'll share the link with you. Okay, so I'll put the link on where your program is when we put it up so people can go to it. Okay. Yep, absolutely. No, happy to do that. I I do think that virtual meetings present a different kind of challenge. Um, Mm -hmm. Some would say that it is an equaliser in some ways because everybody's on the same screen and it's not like some people are... um, uh, have a, a, a taller or, you know, have that sort of different sort of physical presence. Um, but uh, one of the challenges, I think, is that the quieter people tend to be more polite on screen. Uh-huh. Right. And, and so because we all know that when we talk on top of each other, we can't hear anything. So I think the quieter people tend to hold back to make sure that everybody is heard. Mm-hmm. And um, um, so that that can be a challenge. But one of the tips that I have and, uh, you know, I, I think I talked about seven tips or so in the video. Um, one of the very first ones is to go and speak to the chair or the facilitator or the um, whoever's organised the meeting beforehand and, um, and help them to facilitate it better. Because I think on virtual, facilitation is key. Uh-huh. If you can facilitate the meeting well to make sure that everybody's heard, then it, it can work really, really well. So if you can let them know, for example, that you do have trouble jumping in because you don't want to talk on top of somebody and not be heard or them not being heard, um, so let them know in advance. And uh, perhaps you can let them know how you can indicate that you want to say something. So whether it's raising your hand or whether it's on Zoom, you know, that there's that little blue hand. Right. So, you know, agree on some of those protocols about how you could let them know. And, and that the chair might decide that that he or she uses that for everybody as well, which would make it even better. Mm-hmm. Um, so just work with them about how they can facilitate it so that everybody can be heard, including yourself, I think is one of the tips that I certainly share with people on virtual especially. And in live meetings, it's a, it also is a problem for people that are more quiet. So mm. what do you suggest that they do in a live meeting? 
Mm. So with live meetings, I say the same thing in terms of going to the chair or organiser or, or even somebody who's influential in the room um, to, to get their support and even share that there's certain ideas that you wanted to share and, you know, if they notice that the conversation's heading that way, they may be able to help you to jump into that conversation. Um, so I think pre before the meeting, doing some of those things can be very helpful, especially if it's a really important meeting where you want to be heard. Um, which goes on to some other tips around um, managing that that inner voice of saying, oh, you know, that's not a good enough idea to share. So that might be mm-hmm. another thing to tackle to address some of those um, uh, internal critics um, that we have or just, just that voice to say, you know, mm-hmm. you're censoring yourself almost. Um, the, the other thing too is um, not just think about speaking up in meetings as adding ideas only there's other ways you can contribute to meetings like asking questions and various things so I do talk about some of those things on the video as well if people are interested that's that's wonderful um and how do you how does somebody who's quietly powerful increase their visibility so Mm. that they can be um seen as a leader to get promoted Mm. so I think one of the first things is get over this feeling of bragging and you know we have this icky feeling about Mm self-promotion and uh, I know that's not just for quiet professionals many people have and many women in particular have that challenge Um, and I certainly have had that challenge Um, and as a a business person now I realize that that's definitely not going to work for me so one of the, the the tricks if you like that I've played with myself is to stop thinking about promoting myself or promoting um, being visible as being self-promotion, I started to think of it as sharing my work. Oh, and so I think for beautiful. people in organisations, if you can make that switch to say it's not selling yourself or promoting yourself, it's actually sharing your work and make it useful for people. So if you have something useful to share with other people, particularly senior people, they'll welcome that. You know, it's not about you coming to say, look at me, look at me. Mm-hmm. And so I think it, it, I think that is definitely helpful. And, and many of the Quietly Powerful leaders talked about the importance of that because people are busy. They're too busy to notice what you're doing and what you're achieving. And, and they, you might know something or be doing something that's useful for them. And if they don't hear about it, then, you know, they're missing out too. Exactly. Well, we're almost out of time, but I, I would like, to end this with asking you how quiet leaders, how, how they can be braver. How they can be braver. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> I think um, in terms of being brave, it's, uh, I, I often talk about people mistake needing to be confident to be brave and to, to go out and do something. And my, what I say to people is actually uh, you don't need to be confident to go out and do something and be brave. In fact, um, I think it was Susan David who talked about uh, courage is fear walking. And to me, that's very brave and courageous. So it's, it's, you know, you're scared, but you do it anyway. (laughs) So so I think that to me is brave. So if you can um, firstly think about that, but then also think about why you want to do what you're going to do, which is brave. So if there's a pull, if there's a reason why 
a compelling reason why you want to do it or there's some kind of sense of mission, if you like, it's a lot easier to be brave because you go back to your why and say, well, I'm doing this because, and it just pulls you rather than you have to kind of push yourself. Beautiful. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to talk to us. And I want to recommend everybody to pick up Megumi Miki's book, Quietly Powerful. And on our website, Women's Leadership Success, will have the link to the video that she's willing to share with you. So thank you very much, Megumi. Thank you so much, Sabrina. Would you like to work smarter instead of harder? Are you afraid to speak up? Do you feel like you're capable of more than you're actually doing now? Well, over the last 30 years, I've realized that women need certain skills in business to level the playing field. Outstanding women leaders advance their leadership skills and careers by having great confidence, excellent communication skills, and the ability to develop trusted relationships and influence. That's why these are some of the top topics I speak about at conferences and with organizations I consult with. I have received great feedback from women whose businesses and leadership skills have accelerated using my unique methods. It is also why I've created a special online live workshop with me to make it easier and less expensive for women to develop these important skills. This powerful, fun-filled, interactive seven-week course, Elevate Your Leadership Capacity, will teach you key leadership skills using cutting-edge techniques. The next new live interactive program for a selected group of women will start May 13th. If you are committed to developing yourself, improving your confidence and leadership skills, and quickly increasing your impact and influence, and want to be considered part of the next small group, please contact me at sabrina at sabrinabrom.com or go to www.womensleadershipsuccess.com and submit your email in the information box in the top upper right-hand side of the page. Don't miss out. This may be one of the last times I actually participate live in this powerful leadership program, developed especially for women like you. Thank you for joining your host, Sabrina Brom, on another Women's Leadership Podcast. If you have questions or comments, you can email her at sabrina at sabrinabrahm.com. Since 1989, Sabrina and her team have helped hundreds of women managers, business leaders, and entrepreneurs with valuable trainings, articles, books, and executive coaching. For additional tips, interviews, and free access to Great Leaders Today mini-course, visit www.womensleadershipsuccess.com.